I, this is, I'm gonna get emotional when I think about this. <laughs> I, I really saw so much um, warmth and affection in my friends. They took such good care of me. Yeah. And, you know, it really, I'm lucky. Yes, you are. Welcome to Life with a Sherry on Top. I am your host, Sherry Hagan, and today I am joined by my friend Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me because I know this was quite the drive for you. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> I do love this area, though. It's fun to drive through. It's beautiful, especially with all the snow. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I appreciate it. Um, she doesn't live nearby, obviously. So it took her, what, an hour almost? 40 minutes. Okay. Not too bad. Not too bad. Today... I wanted to talk about um, being your own medical advocate again, because when I was showing Amanda a house recently, yeah, she and I used to be co-workers. Let me back up a little bit. She and I used to be co-workers and we've always kept in touch and I'm her realtor. Thank you very much for that. Oh, by thank the way. you. <laughs> Best realtor. <laughs> Aw, thank you. So I was showing them a house, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago and through social media, I had known that she was struggling with some health issues. And so I had asked her about it when we were looking at the house and I just simply asked, like, you know, what happened? How were you diagnosed? And then you gave me the very abbreviated version of what happened. And I was like, wow, that sounds so much like what happened to me. Very much. Yeah. So I wanted you to share your story and you were gracious enough to, yeah. to say yes. So I'm happy you. to. Actually, it's kind of it's like free therapy. So yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still at that point where it's good to talk it through and, and kind of process it. Yeah. Let's talk first about Cushing's disease yeah. period, because a lot of people aren't even going to know what that is. Yeah, it's very rare, actually. And um, one of the things I've learned since getting diagnosed is um, how difficult it is to get diagnosed. Because yeah. <laughs> even if you're presenting with many of the symptoms, because it's so rare, doctors will often say, there's no way you have this. It's right. too rare. <laughs> yeah. And so it's hard to even get the the testing for it. But um, so Cushing's syndrome is any kind of uh, ex excess cortisol in your body. Right. So cortisol is the stress hormone. Um, yep. We produce it naturally. We need it to live. And there's a lot of reasons why your body might be producing too much. And so when that happens, no matter what the source is, they call it Cushing's syndrome. And it can because it can come from a variety of sources, even once you know you have that, it's a much longer process to figure out, okay, why is this happening in your body? Right. And so I did finally get diagnosed with Cushing's disease, which is a subset of Cushing syndrome. And what that means is that the, the cortisol was being caused by my pituitary gland, which okay. is that tiny little gland behind, right behind your, your nose. Yeah, yeah, it's right up there next to your brain. <laughs> I actually had a tumor um, in my pituitary gland, very, very small. Okay. Um, and actually, a lot of people have them. They're yeah. pretty common. My but stepmother does. The, actually. Yeah, yeah. Does now is hers producing? No. Okay. Yeah. So you can have them and not have symptoms, and right. and in which case they just want to leave it alone because yeah. it's brain surgery to take it out. But in my case, it was causing that excess cortisol, and it was causing a whole bunch of medical symptoms to go along with it. So I had to have brain surgery to remove it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about kind of your symptoms first, and then how you were finally diagnosed. Yeah, that that was and and I also again, I've read a lot because I'm a, I when I, something happens, I like to research it. I like to know what's happening. Me too. You know, I've since learned a lot about um, the disease and it can take people 
decades to get diagnosed. Yeah. In my case, I think I was sick probably about six years. So it's probably, really? yeah. And because and it, it starts slow, you know, it's yeah. just what struck me. I listened to the conversation that you and Jamie had. Yeah. Love Jamie. Um, <laughs> she's, she's great. She's awesome. What struck me about the conversation that you guys had is you were both so confident that something was wrong with you. Yeah. And you really, it, it felt like you really slipped into that role of being your own advocate very easily. Right. I did not have that experience. Oh, I was, okay. I was, when I started getting sick, I really trusted the doctors that were, that were telling me this is normal. You know, it started this is normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because for me, it really started with mental health symptoms. Okay. I was anxious. I was yeah. very anxious all the time. And I, the first time I saw a doctor about it, they said, oh, you know, that's normal. We'll put you on the drugs for it. And mm. unlike you, I said, okay, great. And I went on the, I went on, um, you know, Lexapro and it helped a lot. Okay. And um, because I think the cortisol was still low enough that it was counteracting it. Sure. And I was okay for a while. And then I started to gain weight and not normal weight gain for me because I've never been a super thin person, but like all of a sudden it was like right around my middle and it would, it would not go away. I was yeah. hardly eating because I was so nervous all the time. Right. But I was still gaining weight. And again, went to another doctor and like, well, you know, you're getting up there in age. It's normal. Perimenopause. Oh everything's normal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, well, you know, have you tried, have you tried intermittent fasting? I'm like, I don't eat. So <laughs> yes, I have tried intermittent fasting. It is not working for me. So I went to a lot of doctors and then when my symptoms really started to accelerate, it was 2020. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Where nobody, no doctor wanted to even see anybody. Exactly. Exactly. And so when I did, and the, the real um, scary symptoms um, were blood pressure spikes. Mm, yeah. And at one point, I went to the hospital um, with one of these blood pressure spikes, and they did a scan of my lungs and thought, oh, well, you know, you have you're probably, you probably have COVID. And at that time what? it was taking like two days to get a COVID, a real COVID oh, test sure. back. Yeah. So they admitted me and okay. I stayed in the hospital, but then I felt fine. And eventually it took like three days to get released and they ran every test they could on my heart, lungs, everything. And they're just saying, well, there's no reason for you to have these problems. And it's uh, all in your head. Exactly. <laughs> so I went home kind of just not really knowing what else to do. Yeah. Um, and you just kind of keep living your life. And then it happened again. And um, I really thought I was having a heart attack because I started to panic. Yeah. Went back to the hospital again. Yeah. In the meantime, I'm seeing my regular doctors. I'm telling them all these symptoms. I'm getting blood work back. That's, oh, your cholesterol is getting really high. Your blood pressure is getting really high. And I'm like, I'm a very active person. Right. I work out yes. six days a week. There's no reason for this to be happening to yeah. me. And finally, I just started Googling. I went to Dr. Google. Dr. Google. Dr. Google. And I was like, these are all my symptoms. And the, the Cushing's disease came up. And I think I remember very clearly what struck me was there was actually a diagram of somebody with Cushing syndrome because of the way you gain weight is so specific. It's like right behind your neck, right through your midsection. And you, the only way I can describe it is I looked like Shrek. Like I, yeah. I, I like, Okay. Amanda has never looked like Shrek a day in her life. She's beautiful, by the way. But it, go ahead. It was just. You felt like Shrek. I felt like Shrek. And I saw a picture of myself from the side that someone had taken to me. I'm like, that is not me. That right. is not my body. Yeah. And I want to be really clear. I don't have a problem with being overweight. I don't have a problem. I love fat people. I do, <laughs> like I do not want to come across as weight shaming at all. It was just. 
it wasn't normal for you. It wasn't me. Yeah. I just, I wasn't myself. And that was something clicked that I'm like, okay, I need to start advocating for myself now. I yeah. can't take no for an answer anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so do I have this right that somehow you did your own test? I did. Well, okay. So then this comes back to me being a little bit terrified of doctors and just, oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't know if I could go in and get, get dismissed again okay. because I had asked for so, help in so many different ways. And just the only answer I was getting was diet, go to a therapist, you know. So they never even considered like a thyroid issue or anything? You know anything? what? They did do a thyroid panel and my thyroid came back normal. Okay. Um, I had, I think I had a slightly swollen lymph node and they had sent me in for um, some, uh, an ultrasound and that came back normal. And so they didn't do any further testing after okay. that. So they did. I mean, I don't think any doctor did anything malicious. I think they were oh, no. doing the best they could with the information they had, but can I just interject for a of second course. and say medicine is not an exact science. Yeah. And and I've said this when Jamie and I were talking about it, too. Mm. Doctors aren't perfect. No. You know, they're they're human beings and misdiagnoses. Mm -hmm. Is that a word? Misdiagnosis is now misdiagnosis, <laughs> whatever is common. Yeah. And that's why you really need to listen to your body and listen to yourself. And I'm so glad you did. But yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead with your story. Yeah, no. So you're right. I did. Um, I was terrified to go into another doctor and and just kind of get dismissed. I was starting. It was starting to make me feel crazy. Yeah. And after I read all of that stuff about cortisol, I'm like, oh, well, there's all these home tests now. Can I just home test myself for cortisol? And I did some Googling. And it's not exactly a home test, but okay. you can send away for a lab test. Oh. And they do this thing. It turns out that the way that you, the best way to test for um, excess cortisol is a late night saliva test. So they send you these test tubes and you kind of spit into them. And then I sent it back to the lab. And I honestly, because I felt so unsure of myself, I was really kind of expecting it to come back as, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Which, yeah was kind of going to be a bummer, honestly, because right. at that point, I just I didn't I don't want to be sick, but I do want to be diagnosed. Yes. It came back and it was like there was like this line of normal and it went down here and I was okay. <laughs> I'm like, OK, well, this that it's seems like it's definitely something. it. Yeah. And so it just so happens that my husband, he's a medical assistant and he works in a doctor's office. OK. They have an endocrinologist there. Oh, OK. And so he kind of knows her. They're not like he doesn't work closely with her, but he's like, hey, you know, Maybe you should go see her. Yeah. And I came into her with this lab test again, expecting a little bit to be dismissed. So I brought the lab test and um, kind of a written out like these are all my symptoms. So I wouldn't yeah. get nervous and right. forget. Yeah. She was very calm about it. But then she started asking me questions about things that were symptoms I hadn't even really realized I had a specific kind of stretch mark that's like really red yep. that had never happened to me earlier in my life. And just and and, and at the very end, she, she was like, I think you have Cushing's. And she's like, so from here on, it's, you know, I, she's like, I want, I don't want you to be scared. <laughs> she's right. like, but we're going to have to do a lot of testing, um, yeah. take a lot of blood and, you know, you get to do the whole pee in a jug thing. I don't know if you've ever had to do that. No. Like, there's a urinary <laughs> test where you, you have a jug of pee that you have to carry around with you all day. Oh, how is, fun. Oh, it's not. It's <laughs> really not. Um, so gross. But, uh, <laughs> but she was great. And she was very matter of fact. And she's like, I, I this is what I think. And this is, you know, we're going to start doing the, the diagnostics. And from there, it was just um, a couple of weeks of intense testing. Once they confirmed through their own tests that the cortisol was in fact high, then they started looking for source. So I had to do a couple of other tests where they kind of they give you a drug and they see what your body does okay and then i had to do an mri with a special machine 
they're not, not all MRIs can detect these tumors because they're so small. small yeah. So they had to send me to a special MRI machine and get that done. And then they, they saw it. Um, and wow. Yeah. From there, it was really fast. And I was, I, I'll tell you what, I was so chill about the whole thing because I was just relieved. Yeah. You know, I was going to ask you about that because <laughs> I remember when the allergist of all people had diagnosed me yeah. with Hashimoto's. Yeah. He called and said, you know, okay, yeah, you have Hashimoto's. That's your problem. Easy fix. Yeah. Let's move on. And I was crying, not not because I had Hashimoto's, but because you're so relieved. I was so relieved yes. <laughs> that I had something. Yes. And you it's know? treatable, you know, yeah. it's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. 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 I can deal with anything as long as I can take action. Yeah. Right. It's the inability to take action that just I really struggled with. Yeah. Well, thank God. So yeah. you had brain surgery. I had brain surgery. <laughs> oh it, it's like, it's funny. Um, sometimes when I'm not feeling it at work or I have to do something really tough, I'm like, okay, guys, but five months ago I had brain surgery. Right. <laughs> okay. So can we just <laughs> take it easy on me? No. I mean, it, it really, it, brain surgery, um, I don't want to say it's not a big deal, but it was... Uh, it was less of a big deal than I, I would have thought. It was, it's, really? let, let me say, it's less of a big deal than it would have been a decade ago. Because a decade ago, they would have had to cut my skull open. And, oh, okay. Um, but medical technology now, they, they can go in through your nose. So I had an ENT oh, okay. that came in and drilled a hole up there. And then, nice. <laughs> and then my brain surgeon went in <laughs> and he, uh, wow. he took it out. So you didn't get to... Your head didn't need to be shaved, anything? No, nothing like that. Yeah, I was really lucky. That's amazing. I know. No. Okay, here's a stupid question. Yeah, no stupid questions. <laughs> no, it's a stupid question. I'm sure it is. Does your nose just magically heal itself? Is that whole gone? <laughs> no, see, no, that's that's not a stupid question at all because it really, <laughs> there are a lot of different ways to do the surgery. And I, I really lucked out living where I do, being close to a major medical center. Yeah. It just so happens that... There is a, the head of neurology at Rush okay. is this, this pituitary surgery is his specialty. Who's your doctor? Um, Dr. Richard Byrne. Okay. Yeah. He's great. Like awesome. he's a little intimidating. He's just the right amount of arrogant for somebody that you want rooting around in your brain. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I want you to be confident. <laughs> yes. Um, so he was great and he just really put me at ease and he, so he's very good and he partners with um, an ENT, a surgical ENT, which I can't say his name because it's Greek. It's we call him Dr. Papa G. Okay. <laughs> Papa Giannoulias or whatever. Also weirdly, like very hot. So <laughs> like a really good looking guy. So it was very kind of embarrassing to be like really at my worst in front right. of him. Yeah. You know, of it's, course. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So that was odd. But no, he was great. And so they do the ENT basically decides what kind of, you know, incision is needed based on the structure of your nose. Okay. Um, and so after my surgery, sometimes they have to take fat from your stomach to fill the hole. Oh, um, if it, if it, it really, okay. I know <laughs> I was really hoping they wouldn't have to do that with me and they didn't, but they do. They like right before surgery, they, they sterilize the area just in case they have to cut it open wow. during surgery. But they did not have to do that for me. My nose structure did not require it. And after surgery, they um, they kind of pack it with some packing material and okay. just some tissue that they have left over. And then they see what happens. Wow. So, so, <laughs> so it just closed on its own. Yeah, it heals on its own, just like any other wound after a while. Um, I had to go back and forth to the NT quite a bit. The, the major complication that I had was actually terrifying, but turned out to be very benign. I had horrible nosebleeds oh and that started wow. 
after I'd come home from the hospital, because I was in the hospital for five days. And so by that time, most of your complications are kind of worked through. Sure. And they send you home. A couple days after I was home, I started having nosebleeds that would just bleed and bleed and bleed for hours. Like really oh my scary. God. Yeah. And so that the first time that happened to me, I it was a Saturday and I called the office and they were like, well, go to the ER. So we went to the ER and the, the ER is like, they basically just put a clamp on it. Yeah. And they're like, there's nothing we're going to, we're not going to root around up there. You got to right. go see your surgeon. We're not doing anything. Thanks. And that happened for a couple, a couple times before I could get in to see um, my ENT. And he just, he went in and just cauterized all of the, uh, the blood vessels. And then it's, but yeah, that is the hardest part of the surgery is just that your nose healing and you can't blow your nose and you can't bend over and you can't yeah. do pretty much anything because you don't want your brain to pop out. <laughs> no, you certainly don't. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing to compare that to except, Except by saying I had sinus surgery. I bet it's very similar. Oh, I bet it's not. Well, no, you're <laughs> they're not putting a hole into your brain. That That's the thing is you actually can leak cervical spinal right. fluid. Yeah. And that's the one thing they really want you to be careful of. But that did not happen to me, fortunately. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, my God. What an ordeal. It was and a lot. So from beginning to end, it was how many years? Well, well that you knew about i guess i guess from so from the time that i got diagnosed i had surgery six months later okay so that was a really quick turnaround i would say that from 2020 to 2023 was when i was sick and didn't know why okay and that was really sort of increase i was increasingly debilitated in terms of just that my energy levels and not wanting to do anything and the weight gain and just i bruised really easily like just weird things my hair started falling out um, things that all seemed individually to be maladies that you could fix, you know, right. with this medicine or that medicine or some yeah. rogaine for your hair, you know, but yep. um, you put them all together and it was just. And how's your recovery going? It's interesting. It's very, I, so I read a lot of forums for people that have this disease sure. just to kind of, I like to know what's ahead of me. And some pe the recoveries are so different. Um, some people are still having trouble years later. Some people are having recurrences. Really? Yeah, I guess the oh. the pituitary tumors can grow back pretty easily. And depending on the quality of your surgeon, they might leave edges. And if they do right. that, then it's going to grow, grow back, back. Yeah. faster. But they got clear margins on yours? Yes. Okay, yeah. Good. And that's part of why I feel so lucky to have found the surgeon that I did is that he's just really world renowned for this. And if you're not doing it all day, every day. Sure. You know, you're not going to be as good at it. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. So I feel really I feel really good about my recovery from the actual tumor uh -huh. what happens to you hormonally after they take that out is that your body has forgotten how to make its own cortisol or how to okay. make cortisol correctly from your adrenal glands right which so, sit on top of your kidneys i think correct yes okay yeah you yeah. you should be a doctor you know oh so yeah much. it's a it's a joke around the house <laughs> kevin calls me dr hagan all the you time you really you know your stuff <laughs> so what happens right after surgery is you get the you technically get the opposite disease of um, Cushing's, which is called Addison's. Whereas if your oh, body right. doesn't make enough cortisol, that is also very dangerous. Is that also called Graves' disease? Yes, Addison's okay. and Graves are the the same. Okay. Technically, that's what happened to me after surgery. I got very very sick um, the oh. first day after my surgery because they did not medicate me right away because okay. they wanted to see what would happen. Yeah, and I they wanted got, to see how your body responds. <laughs> right, and so I found out that when I don't have any cortisol, I am miserable. It is the worst feeling. 
so right now I am on medicine to regulate my cortisol production. Okay. Um, I get tested every couple of months to figure out, you know, where am I in terms of how my body is learning to make it again. Right. And I have to kind of keep decreasing my medicine. Okay. And to increase my body's likelihood of making its own cortisol. Okay. Um, so it's kind of a balance because... What should happen in a normal body is your body knows when you're stressed and it makes the right amount of chemical to respond. Right. I have to sort of manually figure out what's stressful for me and take the right amount of medicine <laughs> oh so that I gosh. don't get sick. Yeah. So if I get it wrong, I can be really, really sick if I and, you know, just kind of it feels like you have the flu almost like just body aches. And um, yeah. if you if you let it go too long, you start throwing up and then you have to go to the hospital and it's bad. But oh, my God. So I guess that's a long way of saying uh, my recovery is good days and bad days. Yeah. Um, a lot of the initial symptoms that that I had with the Cushing's, the anxiety, the weight gain is have all started to reverse themselves, which is great. Thank I feel God. like myself again. Yeah. I look like myself when yes, I see myself do. in the mirror. And yeah. So that's really good. Um, but it is still hard. And I am at the point where my friends and family have been so supportive of me through this. Awesome. And I just really I'm tired of telling them I don't feel good today. I can't yeah. do this today. Yeah. Like, I just really want it to be over. over. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look fantastic. Thank you. That's and very nice. every time I see you, you look good. Thank you. But I'm sure there are good days and bad. There are, yeah. There are some days where it's it's usually I'm back to work and I'm really fortunate that I get to work at home. But I have noticed even just the stress of being at work, there are some days that in the middle of the day, I'm like, man, I could really use a nap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll usually rebound in the evening. And um, but it's it, there's still good days and bad days. All right. Well, I first of all, thank God you took control of things on your own because it could be much worse. Oh, yeah. Right now. Oh, yeah. I could still be sick and not know why. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Of course. Thanks for listening to me. I Again, like, I think you probably know, you feel bad when you talk about your health woes all the time, right? Like, yeah. it's, oh, you yeah. don't want people to have to hear it. You don't no. want to think about it all the time. You don't want to be your disease. Right. But it's exactly. also so consuming. It is. Yeah. I will say, I'm. you're probably, I don't know, in some ways, I think we're very similar. And with me and MS, it's. If I'm symptomatic, I try to push through the day anyway. Yeah. You know, because I don't I don't want to complain about it. Yeah. I don't, you know. Nobody wants to be that guy. No, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> so, you know, Kevin is, her husband's name is also Kevin. <laughs> but but you're Kevin. But my Kevin, yeah. Um, my Kevin is really good about telling me, just relax. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you don't have to go to X, Y, Z. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I would I would just push try to push through it yeah. and be miserable. Yeah, my Kevin's like that as well. Although I'm sure he would tell you that I don't listen. No, <laughs> I think I frustrate him. He's been um, he's never seen me sick before, and I'm. Yeah. I think that was one of the hardest things for me. I'm so independent, and to have to ask him for help, to have to ask my friends for help, it's it hard. Hard. It I think really that's the hardest hard. part. Yeah. 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 But at the same time. I, this is, I'm going to get emotional when I think about this. Mm. I, I really saw so much um, warmth and affection in my friends. They took such good care of me. Yeah. And, you know, it really, I'm lucky. Yes, you are. Listen, friendships are so important. Yeah. And just support in general. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that you have a built-in, yeah. a built-in support structure. Yeah. And you know what? You helped me move. 
I probably yeah, but I didn't know anything was even going on. I, I was probably just starting to put it all together that like this is not normal pandemic weight gain, you know, pandemic yeah. stress like and um, you had helped me move during that time back to an area where I was closer to my support network. And yeah. I think if I hadn't that was a hard move because, you know, it was the middle of the pandemic. There's right. no real estate available. <laughs> um, and we really did it to be closer to our friends. And I think if I hadn't done that, I would probably, I don't know if I would have been diagnosed and I certainly would not have had the right support system in wow. place. So things happen you. for a reason. Yeah. Thank oh you my for God. your part in that. You are so welcome, but I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. You're so welcome. But I didn't know I was helping with anything other than your real estate yeah, needs. Well, you, you definitely made it much easier to, oh, to do it. Thank you. It's funny too, that you say, um, I didn't know you had Hashimoto's. I knew about the MS. Yeah. Um, one of the reasons that I pushed for a better answer is a friend of mine that has Hashimoto's. Okay. And I think a lot of times with these endocrine disorders, it's really hard to get any of the specialists, like any of like, like the, um, uh, your regular doctors to, yeah. to see it. Like you, oh, really, it's, yeah. Part of me wonders if it's because they happen to women more often. Like, I feel a little Maybe. bit. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like we might be a little bit underserved in the uh, well, <laughs> in the doctor department. But Maybe. I, I will say that my doctor was female that, oh, that's that I went to, not my endocrinologist, but oh. um, my regular doctor who I went to at first because I didn't know what was wrong. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm nauseous all the time. Yeah. I'm depressed. And I'm not a depressed person. Yeah. It's a symptom. You know, and the first thing she did was throw a pill at me. And yeah. I said, I don't want to take a pill. Right. I'm telling you, it's a symptom of something else. Exactly. It's n I'm not coming in here telling you. Yeah. I'm depressed and I need drugs. Yeah. So I was pissed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was you like, don't been. just I mean, throw yeah. drugs at me. Yeah. Something, something's wrong. Yeah. That's one thing that you. I think you did. You got very right. And I have learned in more of my dealings with so many different doctors throughout this, that you really have to go in knowing what outcome you're looking for. If you just go in yeah. and say, I'm feeling X, Y, Z, they'll just throw something at you sure. to make you stop feeling that. Right. I went into my endocrinologist saying, I really want to know why this thing is happening. Yes. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to make it feel better. I want you to tell me why it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> So I think there's something, yeah, if you go into a doctor, they, they work for you, ultimately. Exactly right. <laughs> they work for you. Yeah. And they're not God. You no. know, so many people no. have that white coat syndrome. That's how I was. I really was. I, I was like, I, I let other people tell me for so long what I should feel like and what was normal oh, for me. It and breaks my heart. It, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, if there's one thing I could go back and change, I would have advocated for myself earlier for sure. But you did it eventually, and that's eventually all that matters. I got there, yeah. And I also the the other thing that I think is cool is that the more of my friends that I've talked to about this, they're doing the same thing for themselves. They're Good. putting things together and going yeah. to doctors and saying, "No, I will not accept you are, have perimenopause as an answer for everything." Right? right? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> it, is not, it is not it. Well, it is. It is a. I'm not even perimenopause anymore. I'm just plain old menopause. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, that's a big change. Yeah. Huge yeah. change. Yeah. I'm not happy. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't think I knew how much of our day-to-day -day feeling our hormones were responsible for. Yeah. It is pretty um, amazing. Yeah. You know, I had always um, had issues from like day one. I got my period when I was 11. Oh, wow. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. 
I used to blame my mother because she had just had the talk with me <laughs> the week prior. Oh, well, that's good timing, though. It was good timing, <laughs> but she had just had the talk and then I got it. And I was like, you know, this never would have happened if you hadn't told me about it. You cursed me. I know. <laughs> but then I, I, from the first period on till I was 50, I don't know, 53, I think, I had issues um, I used to say all the time, I can't wait to go into menopause. <laughs> like, I just can't wait. And now that it's happened, I'm like, yeah, no, I'd rather <laughs> take the period every month. <laughs> yeah, we, we get used to the period. Yeah. <laughs> now, did you, did you, have you ever had any genetic testing done about your endocrine issues? No. Funny enough, I'm the only one in the family that has had any of this. Really? However, that being said, I don't know my mother's side of the family at uh. all. So yeah. I don't know their medical history, but on my dad's side, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like it. Oh, you're a special flower. Yes. Isn't that nice? <laughs> I found out about a week after my surgery, one of my aunts came to visit me and she just told me very matter, matter of factly, she's like, well, you know, it's because we have the men one gene. And I, I was like, say what? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, I learned throughout all of this that all of my my mom's sisters had all had endocrine issues, endocrine really? tumors. All of theirs manifested in the thyroid, which is more common. Common, yeah. And they had had thyroid surgery, and and you know, and my one aunt that was visiting me, she had gone on to have the genetic testing done. And there's a gene, there's two of them, there's men something, and then men one is the one that we, our family has. And wow. it predisposes you for endocrine tumors. So anything, any place in your endocrine system, you're more likely to get them. I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, I didn't either until my aunt told me this. And I was like, well, that would have been nice to know a couple of years ago. Yeah, I right. Could have gone, or, oh, hey. <laughs> For my entire life. Right. Would have been, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So I guess all this is to say, tell your family. And I, I called my brother right away and I was like, did you know we have this? <laughs> He's like, I didn't know that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Don't if keep you, it a secret. No. If, if you, you know, know yeah. your family has some sort of gene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They want me to get tested for. Um, they want me to do genetic testing for breast cancer yeah. because it runs in my family. Yeah. But I go for my mammogram every year. I just just recently had it like. Two days ago. Me too. Well, last week, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I go for my mammogram every year. My mammogram is fine yeah. and I'm just going to play stupid. Yeah. For, I don't, I don't think I want to know. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I want, and you know, I haven't gone on to do the genetic testing myself, which is telling because yeah. I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to know more. I think right. I'm good at medical stuff for right now. Yeah. You've got enough on your plate. Yeah. It's yeah. funny you talk about mammograms. I was supposed to get mine last year. And when I was doing my physical just a couple weeks ago, my doctor was like, Hey, you never got your mammogram last year. I'm like, don't you think I was doing enough? <laughs> like, did I really need one more thing? Because last year was all medicine all yeah. the time. I did not need that. So, but I did go ahead and do it. You should absolutely do that. Yes, you absolutely should. Yes. And Jamie's a huge advocate of that, oh obviously. Gosh, yes. yeah. yeah. And she, she found hers pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And still went through hell. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you don't want to let that go. You do not want to let that go for sure. That's why I go for my mammogram every year. Yeah. I just don't need to know the genetics. I think that's fair. Behind the, yeah. Behind the scenes. I will say the one thing that I learned from this whole experience is that I do not ever want to be in the hospital for any kind of extended period of time oh. again. It is miserable. It's miserable. It's just, and, and these people are, bless them, they are doing their best. They are oh, working yeah. so hard. I could not do that job being a, a hospital worker in any capacity, but just 
being in that position, being so vulnerable yes. all day, every day, people in and out of your room every hour. Yeah. Like I just, I can't, I would never want to be hospitalized again. If At I could a help point it. where you're supposed to be resting and yes. they do everything in their power <laughs> to make sure that you are not resting yes. comfortably. <laughs> and, and listen, I know they've got to do their thing, they do. but it is, yeah. a, it is a thing. Yeah. I've only ever been hospitalized for pneumonia because yeah. I had it 87 times. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get it, you're more susceptible. Nah, yeah. And I have asthma. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I generally get it once a year. Yeah. Try to stay out of the hospital. I do try to stay out of the hospital. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. I think the last time I was hospitalized for it, I was at the same hospital you were. At Rush. Oh, no. I uh, thought you oh. were the one by your house. Oh, yeah. I was hospitalized at Good Sam when I had the unexplainable... Yeah. Blood pressure spike. So I was at Good Sam by my house, but then my surgery was at Rush. Downtown. Yeah. No, I was at Good Sam for, um, actually the, the last time I was hospitalized for pneumonia, I was in Philadelphia. Oh my. It was New Year's Day. I knew I had pneumonia when I woke up. I flew home. I went straight to the hospital. Oh. Like straight to the hospital. Yeah. And I was getting divorced at the time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, it was glorious. It was such a lovely time in my I life. And I, for five days, I was in the hospital by myself. <sighs> like nobody came to see me. Nobody. It was horrible. That makes me so sad. Oh, yeah. Poor me. No, that's. I tough. got over it. I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> but yeah, it's miserable. It is. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. And Rush. So I really liked my experience at Rush. Um, but it's a teaching hospital. And yeah. I had four medical teams for all the various things that were going on. So every time one of the medical teams came in, it was five people. So I had every day, yeah. all four teams, their whole you know group of students coming in to do neurological tests and talk to me. It was yep. like at the, at the end of it, I was like, I just want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> Please stop talking to me. But it's so important. That's how they learn. It is. Yeah. And honestly, you're, you know, one in a whatever it is. Hundreds of thousands. Yeah. yeah. One in a million, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's funny too, is that um, now Kevin's, all the doctors in my husband's office are familiar with me in my case. And so they test every time they have anything that is even remotely indicative of Cushing's, they test for cortisol now. All wow. Of them. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes it's just, they just do what they know, you know, if you've never seen anybody with it. And my doctor, it was only the second case in her whole career she had ever really? seen as well. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's very rare. It's, that's so interesting to me because coming from veterinary medicine, Cushing's disease is actually very, yeah, it's <laughs> yes. actually very common it is, in dogs. It is, yeah. It's funny because when I first started Googling for support groups, a lot of them are for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I do well, love dogs. So maybe that's, you know, it's an empathetic thing. I don't know. Uh, very weird that it's so common in dogs yeah. and not in people. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. That's why I know so much about it, by the way. Oh, could be. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize you had done uh, veterinary medicine. No? No, I don't. I must have missed that, well, that part of your bio. You've done yeah. everything. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, well, is it? It is, <laughs> actually. That's a, that is a life well lived. Oh, oh thank you. Well, you, I, you are, I appreciate having. that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I look at it as um, I was a hot mess for a long time and didn't know what I wanted to do. Oh, see, I, don't, I think just the opposite. I think that's great. I think we I think we we force people to choose a, a life path too early. And we I do, too. I, I just talked about that. Yeah. They're, well, one of my friend's kids is just starting high school and they're asking her to th think about her major. Oh, like she's yeah. 13 years old. I, it's I, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think it's weird. I think I think we we. I think we put too much emphasis on taking your place in society and doing the right thing and being a productive member of society. And I don't, 
I think we miss out on a lot. Listen, I, I couldn't agree more. And I just talked about that last week. Good. Uh, so if you haven't listened to that one yet, please <laughs> do. Listen. I don't think I've listened to that one. So I'll um, check it yeah, out. but I, yeah, I did veterinary medicine um, when I was 20. Oh, cool. 19, 19 or 20. Yeah. I went to school to be a veterinarian. Uh, and then I dropped out because money overrode my passion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I always say if I am a millionaire, yeah. um, I would open my own veterinary clinic. That would be cool. You don't, you don't find it hard to deal with sick animals. I think no. I would be sad. No, not at all. Mm. Actually, I look at it the opposite way that yeah. I'm, I'm there to help. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times, like the best surgery Wow, am I totally getting off subject here? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's but the, still medical. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're on topic. <laughs> the coolest surgery I was ever a part of was um, Susie the Black Lab. Uh, sweetest dog. Yeah. Sweetest dog. Uh, she had been, you know, coming to the same animal hospital forever. And they lived on a farm in Barrington. Okay. And Susie had been kicked by a cow. Poor Susie. Poor Susie. Oh. And she was a... Older lab to begin with. She was maybe 10. Okay. From her tail to her shoulders, the skin had been removed. Oh my God. Because the cow had kicked her so hard. Yeah. And it, so it was one giant flap oh my of gosh. skin. And obviously we had to sew that back on, but it was medically so fascinating yeah. to be a part of this and see like, it's literally seeing the inside of the dog, yeah. you know, Yeah. and Susie did quite well. I'm so glad. Way. Yeah. I love labs. They're great dogs. Yeah. I love animals. Yeah. Good. Yeah. We have that in common. We do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes more than people. Yeah. <laughs> My dogs were very good to me while I was sick. They were. I'm sure <laughs> they, they were. Excellent care of me. Yeah. And that's, listen, they are very empathetic. Yeah. They animals. are. Yeah. My, um, actually, so being sick really kind of made me think about what do I do with the second half of my life, you uh -huh. know, um, because it doesn't, it, it, it snapped a lot of stuff into focus. So I've been thinking a lot about what other things I could do. And I would really, um, this is kind of sad, but my, my uncle recently died of cancer and oh, I'm sorry. Um, thank you. He was a great guy, but um, while he was uh, in the hospital, they had, there's a program, I forget what it's called is down in Virginia, but they bring dogs in oh, yeah. to visit. Yeah. Yeah. And love that. Um, it was like the best thing that happened to him the whole time he was in the hospital. Yeah. And I was kind of putting it all together like, oh, I know now know how scary and, and horrible it is to be in the hospital. I love dogs, you know, so I'd love to do something like that, a volunteer program. There aren't as many that I can find up here in, uh, in our area. but They still do it somewhere. There are, yeah. They do it at the children's hospitals do they? a lot. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is, so a lot of them are, uh, I think I want to volunteer with other people's dogs because I, God bless, I love I was, my dogs. I was going to say, I don't know that your dogs are the... <laughs> they're enormous and one of them is um one of them is very like not nice to strangers and one of them is so terrified of everything like i tried yeah. to i tried to take her on an elevator in the in the yorktown mall where they let dogs in she would not get in the elevator and so my dogs are not the best candidates the ones i have right now um they're great dogs they are yeah they're, they're great just, dogs they're, not, they're just not they're not uh I think it would terrify more people than it would relax Ag them. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Maybe something a little smaller. Yeah. Give me a golden retriever or something. Yeah. But, there you go. Yeah. And everybody loves a retriever. They do. Yeah. yeah. They're good dogs. They are.
All right. Well, I listen, thank you so much for coming in of and sharing course. your story. Thanks for listening to me babble about it. I, I appreciate stop. it. <laughs> I think it'll help a lot of people. I hope so. Honestly. I hope so. Yeah. And I, that's one thing that I'm, um, I'm just a strong advocate now for anybody that I can help urge them to take their, their medical concerns into their own hands. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Thanks, hon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh, for those who want to comment on this or any other show, you can do so by emailing me at lifewithasherryontop at gmail.com, or you can go to the website, www.lifewithasherryontop.com, and comment on the show there. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.